Hey guys, you know, I'm really upset about this whole Ukraine thing and, and uh, how it's being handled. I got a lot of friends and loved ones over there. And these are just a bunch of freaking cool people uh, that are enjoying their lives. And you have these monsters, and I equate it with Hitler, that are just coming through and ruining their lives. Right, Troy? Yeah, I, I don't get it either. I mean... By the time we're at 2022, which we are currently, it doesn't seem like there should be a war anywhere for anything. Uh, the old concept of land grab, you know, seems to be so archaic. Well, it's 18th century land grab in a 21st century world. Right. And, and that's dangerous, right? Because instead of sticks and stones, now we've got nuclear bombs, which, by the way, Putin more or less threatened last week. Did you hear that? Oh, no, he threatened that he's doing the nuclear option. And yeah. That doesn't mean global nuclear option. They have local nuclear option. Yeah. And the thing about this is that, you know, the Russian soldiers are... I've got a friend of mine, uh, Igor, and I won't... Igor, love you, brother. And he lives in the Ukraine uh, with his beautiful wife, uh, Svetlana, and their kids. And he told me... We talked uh, today on the phone, and he was like... He met up with some, uh, he goes to the same bakery every morning and it was still running and, and they're in Kiev. And he goes, uh, there was Russian soldiers sitting with, with uh, Ukraine soldiers and, and he's like, what are you guys sitting there talking together? He goes, they don't want to do this. You know, all the attacks are coming from the air. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting that that whole region, right? The, the, the languages are very, very similar, if not the same, right? There's a ton of Russians in Ukraine and vice versa. I mean, it, they are Russians. I mean, it's the same, basically it's Russians, the same right? Thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. And, it, and here, I, let me let me put it to you this way, and everybody out there, it's like if you're in California and you're in Riverside or LA, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. You speak the same language. You speak the same language, and and I've heard more than one story about you know soldiers talking to each other, just like off the cuff, like being very cordial in a war zone, which is just bizarre. But I think Putin is, you know, he's very calculating. He's an old KGB guy. Um, I think he wants to bring Russia back into a Soviet Union type situation. Okay, so that's a great point because this is like Czechoslovakia in 1938, okay? Right. It was that important. But this place is even more important, okay? And for a lot of reasons, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean don't forget, Russia... Putin went into that area in 2014, right? Yeah. They went in there, uh, they annexed Crimea, uh, and they took that over, which is sitting right in the Black Sea, by the way, which is a, a waterway, which is important to any country to have trade. Which Russia doesn't have access to no. the Black Sea from their boundaries. Correct, yeah. So they got it, and Crimea is a beautiful spot for that, and Georgia's right to the, I think, east of that. So. Um, well, you got Belarus, Lithuania, Poland. You've got you know uh, Moldova. You've got you know it, that that whole area is going to be devastated. But here's what's interesting to me. You know, I'm a big beer drinker, right? And, really? And yeah, nobody knew that. Oh, I'm sure. But no. <laughs> um, uh, the Ukraine uh, for the EU. Uh, first of all, they're the second biggest landmass out there. But for the EU, uh, they produce more produce. Uh, than anybody else out there. They produce like 68% of the produce, but they produce over 80% of the barley and malt. So your beer prices are going to go way out of the freaking shoot. Because guess what? If you don't have tractors in the field and you have tanks in the fields, what's going to happen? Right? So they're basically the breadbasket of Europe? 100%. Ukraine is? Really? 100%. Okay. Yeah. 
You know, and, and the other deal is, is I mean, the oil's a big deal, but when you when you look at that, you're hurting all these countries. Okay. It, it, well, it's remember the butterfly effect. Yeah, precisely. You get a little pebble in some pond in the middle of nowhere, and it affects the entire world. The whole ripple and we effect. certainly have that now. We've got that with climate change. We've got that with any geopolitical situation. There are all sorts of situations that affect each and every one of us. Our beer's more expensive, Hammer, right? <laughs> and our fuel's going to be more expensive because we'll talk about the fuel with Russia. You know, they're, they're, they supply, what, 40% of all of Europe with natural gas? Right, uh, and they've got two old pipelines. Right, they've got two old, inefficient pipelines. Well, actually, more than two, but two of them go through Ukraine, and a couple of them go through Belarus. Right, and if they're old, inefficient, and not working well, hmm. And by the way, they also uh, Ukraine and Crimea charge a really huge tariff to bring that fuel across well, their country. So what a better way to reduce your cost than to say, why don't we just take over Ukraine? Okay, so if the Gazprom, is what it's called over there, is full and it's, it's, it's uh, shipping through Ukraine. Gazprom, 50, right? Yeah, Gazprom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 50% of all fuel going to the EU, it goes through the Ukraine. Right. Okay. And Gazprom, by the way, is a state-owned Russian entity. Right. That is enormous conglomerate of gas and fuel. They, speaking of the fuel, right? I'm just kind of skipping around a little bit. But there's what? What do they call that? The um, oh, what's right? The Nord Stream, right? Yeah. The Nord Stream runs underneath the Baltic Sea from Russia down to Germany, your right. hometown, right? And now they built a second one called the Nord Stream Two. It parallels the other one. It's all built. It's done, but they do not have permission to run it yet. And and what's gas gas Gazprom. Gazprom owns 50% of the pipeline and right. 100% of the gas going through it. Right. Is there political reasoning behind wanting to and, take over Ukraine? Yeah. And how much of that? I mean, listen, Putin is worth, they estimate anywhere from 70 to $250 billion. And he was this little low life in the 80s uh, KGB guy, operative. And when the, the wall fell and Russia crumbled, uh, him and all the other oligarchs uh, went in and sold off all the assets to Russia. Correct. And he's the guy that came out on top. Right. Okay. Right. He doesn't give a shit about his people. Yeah. And you hear that the oligarchs, everybody goes like, what does that mean? You just think maybe it's a rich person and certainly they are. But like you were saying, when the uh, USSR disbanded, right, it became right. Russia as opposed to Soviet Union in the 1990s, everything was privatized. Not everything, but m most of the businesses were privatized. And a few, lucky few, ended up with billions. Well, the guys that run KGB, they knew where everything was at. Exactly. So they could sell it off and, right. and, and do whatever they right. do. But here's the sad thing about it. The Ukraine, for a lot of you folks um, out there that don't really know much about that part of the world, um, Ukraine is uh, like Orange County, California. All right? You got L.A. to one side, you got Riverside and San Diego to the other side. And Russia is L.A., all right? And these people are not uh, communists, you know? They are all about um, a Western way of life. Right. And now there's 44 million people that live in, in the U Ukraine. And I, I'm, it was funny. I was watching all these different news agencies today before this podcast, and, 
NBC, CBS, they were all saying, yeah, that it's going to displace like, you know, 60,000 to 150,000 people. And then Fox goes, no, about six, 600,000. But then if you look at Polish television and German television, they're telling you it's 6 million to 20 million. Okay. That's the real number. And, you know, that's an interesting point too, Hammer. Aside from the death and destruction that's already going on and taking place, the humanitarian issue that is associated with this is going to be, I think, lasting well beyond Oh, it's generational. Bullets. Yeah, it's generational for sure. I, yeah. I, what I want to know is why the hell is the, the U.S. government still buying 40% of our fuel from Russia when this is going on? Well, that's they changing. They should cut that thing off. Yeah. Listen, we got the Keystone Pipeline. We can frack. We can do whatever. I mean, listen, and I'm not about politics, but I'm going to tell you something. The last president, we were independent when it came to our right. fuel and you know our economy and that side of it. And still a lot of people are still wondering, why did Russia do this? What's going on? I have my own opinion, opinions about it. You know, everybody does. Putin has his own concept of it. I think there's three real reasons why Russia is invading Ukraine. The first one is the Donbass region, which is they call it. There's an area to the east, southeast of Ukraine that has a large amount of people who are uh, faithful to Russia. They are called separatists. And Putin claims that they said we're being attacked either economically or physically by the rest of Ukraine. Hey, Russia, come help us. We need help. That was his excuse in the very beginning to enter Russia, which is BS. Secondly, Ukraine, as you mentioned already, Hammer, is leaning democratic. They're leaning, you know, away from a totalitarian type government, right? And Russia hates that. In Absolutely. fact, they're not a member of NATO yet, the North American, uh, uh, North Atlantic Treaty Organization, but they just applied. And had they been NATO already, if Ukraine would have been NATO right now, the United States would be in a war as well. It'd be World War III well, right now, period. And the third reason is what we're already talking about was the gas and oil. But the thing about getting into NATO, there's a couple, a couple things about NATO, okay? Um, number one, NATO's bullshit. Because if you look at NATO, U.S. pays for 74 78% of frickin' NATO, basically, all right? All these other countries pitch in this little puny amount. We should call it... Not the UN. We should call it USN. US saving your ass. Okay, that's what we should call it. All right. Uh, number two, um, we don't have to let them into the UN. Just it's just wrong. Okay, we're you know a big country. US goes, don't do that. I mean, the guy sitting in the White House. I don't care who the hell you are, you dumbass. Just tell him <laughs> this is what's going to happen. And if you do that, we're the strongest, biggest country in the world. And we have the most might. So act like it and deliver it. And stick to it. And stick to it. Guess what? The White House is right now screwing the people in the UK, or in Ukraine. And I will tell you, you can agree with me or disagree with me, but we don't need to be losing souls like we did with Nazi Germany and the Jewish people losing six million people. Uh, we need to stop this thing now before it gets crazy. Yeah. So, guys, I want to hear from you. I want to know what your comments are uh, and how you feel about this. And um, Hey, by the way, did you know the Taekwondo Association of the World just took away the black belt from Putin? 
One of his few sanctions. I'm not kidding. <laughs> fucker. You got to get him from all sides. Yeah, you're going to get him from all sides. But guess what, guys? Listen, let's support the Ukraine people. Uh, they're beautiful people. And I want to hear from you guys. And Putin, you probably never see this, but bro, just don't it, play with something else. And man. as they Leave said, alone. as they said on Snake Island, hey, Russia, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out.